is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to the Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Happy Friday, everybody. Great to have you with us. I am Adam Azer. I got Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings here, Dave Richard off one more time. And uh, guys, do you realize we are less than a week away from the start of a football Hall of Fame game in, in six days? Yeah, it's football season. I mean, the games will start, as you said, but the season's here. Yeah, got, I know. We've got video clips of awesome things happening at training camp, so it's here. Like Sammy Watkins with no dreads? I was thinking like Patrick Mahomes bombs oh. to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, that. Uh, speaking of training camp, there's a Packers wide receiver you might need to know about. Uh, there are some left tackles getting contract extensions. Julio Jones got his contract figured out. We'll talk about that. We got some big news on LaShawn McCoy. We're going to put one of the most polarizing players in fantasy under the microscope. That would be Jarek McKinnon. And we're finishing up quarterback week. Heath and Jamie are going to debate Matt Ryan. Big discrepancy in the rankings. Jamie's also going to tell you an undervalued quarterback that he recently wrote about. Uh, let me start with this. You guys have been doing a lot of mock drafts lately, some real drafts as well. Have you found yourselves drafting one or two players a lot? Any guys that you find yourself drafting frequently? Jarek McKinnon. Oh, the guy we're putting under the microscope. Yeah, I, I seem to be the Julian Edelman guy. Um, I take him a lot. And carry on Johnson. I take him a lot. When are you taking Edelman and Johnson? Uh, format varies for both. I would say round five, round six in PPR for Edelman. Seven for non-PPR. And I guess about the same for, for Johnson. Instead of flipping it. Right. Okay, so a couple of mid-round picks. Heath, how about you? Anyone you find yourself drafting a lot? Yeah, in the first five rounds, the one that's probably the most often is Lamar Miller, and that might change now as people realize that Foreman's on the pup and may not be ready for week one. He may move up into the fourth round and uh, maybe a little harder to get him, but I've, got, I've taken him in the fifth or sixth round quite a bit. And then in the later rounds, I have a lot of Gio Bernard, Hayden Hurst, Rashad Matthews. Okay. Are you worried Richard, about Matthews? Richard Matthews. Are you starting to get worried about Matthews at all? He caught a pass from Marcus Mario today. So he practiced. He did not have a helmet on but he did practice i do not know what the distinction is there since they're not in pads mm-hmm. but he didn't have a helmet he did practice or catch passes from mariota all right plenty of injury stuff to keep an eye on as we get closer and closer it's july 27th it's unbelievable august right around the corner hall of fame game on thursday uh heath are you going to interrupt your vacation to watch the hall of fame game next week uh, i am not <laughs> that was an easy answer i will i will i'm sure see the hall of fame game but i will not be watching it live we had our first big injury today, too. We did? Who did we have? Yes. Jason Verrett. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ruptured Achilles. I did have that. He barely played last year. I think he played one game. And they were still very good against wide receivers. The Chargers allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. If you look at the, the really good ones they played, most of them, most of them did well. But for the most part, that was a good secondary. The pass rush should be really good, so that'll help as well. And they added to their secondary. They did, right, with Durbin James? Yep. Yeah, their first-round draft pick. Who, uh, Pass really rush should be, I mean, you could argue it's the best in the NFL. Yeah. And we like the Chargers quite a bit defensively. Uh Big news. Oh, wait, wait, I had one more question to ask you. My bad. One more question. So now that you've done a lot of drafts, do you have a preferred draft slot? No. I, I mean, there, there's, 
I like, and and it probably comes from playing in so many leagues and doing so many drafts. I like all the different things that go into the different positions. So I like the the challenge of who comes back to you at the end of the second round if you pick early in round one. I like the the mid round group of players that you get in that round two, round three range. And I love the back end of the first round where you're, you know, potentially starting receiver, receiver and building your team that way. I mean, for me, it's just the, the, the challenge of it all. I, I think is the best part of it. Yeah. I, I love late picks because you're going to feel great about your first two. If you have an early pick, you might feel like you're settling for your second player. You might, you might get a guy you love or you might be like, Oh, really? Do I take? Gronkowski, I'm not a big Gronk guy. Or you might not love the running back you're taking. Do you reach for McKinnon? Uh, but I guess my question, my next question is, so far, there's a big blank at the top. Three running backs, four running backs. What's? How many, oh my God, no doubt about it, can't even debate it. These have to be the first players taken uh, guys are there. I think that we're going to get different answers. I would say three running backs, two receivers, personally. But I understand why people put David Johnson in there. Yeah, it, for me it's it's six. It's those four running backs with Johnson, as you would anticipate the first three guys. Um, with a big preseason, it could just be one big play. You'll see Barkley creep up, up there too. Rave reviews so far for Saquon Barkley. Uh, the big news, LaShawn McCoy and general manager Brandon Bean for the Bills expressed confidence that McCoy won't be suspended Bean said, quote, we feel comfortable that LaShawn's going to be here and ready to roll. We don't see that changing, end quote. If it McCoy had just said it, it'd be one thing. Brandon Bean saying it has got to be another. Your thoughts now on LaShawn McCoy? I think the investigation has to still play itself out. But, you know, the fact that he's hasn't been charged with anything, um, that it, it it's been sort of quiet since the initial report, that obviously lends itself to, you know, McCoy seemingly being able to play all season long. And so, you know, if, if you're looking at it, obviously from just a purely football standpoint, that would be the positive. Yeah. I think the interesting thing is I don't expect his ADP ever gets back to where it was. Even if we get to the third week, he fell to what the mid late fourth right now. I think he'll get back to the third round. I, I, I think it'll be late third. Yeah. It's just, I, I think. You know, until you get final, you know, no charges, no anything with that situation, you still look at the the football stuff, and it's, you know, when we talk about the word scary, it's 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 scary. You know, age not on his side, wear and tear not on his side, team around him not on his side. You know, I mean, lost three offensive linemen. They they they. Could you tell me if if Zay Jones is on the pup list, the second best receiver in Buffalo right now? McCoy. Probably the same as if Say Jones is not on the pup list. But but still, I mean, even in 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 that situation, Charles Clay, right? At what point does that help McCoy though? Because that's why if he were not suspended, that would be pulling me toward McCoy, where maybe he wouldn't have a good yards per carry, maybe his efficiency wouldn't be that good, but he would just get so many touches and would be the only outlet on that team that he would he would just fall into top ten production. I think if it was because like you can make the same argument to a certain extent. Obviously, offensive line is different, but like, look what Aziga Elliott has around him. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you could talk about the potential of Hearns or Gallup or whoever. Um, you know, maybe it's not a fair comparison because of of the O line situation, but you know, um, is there is there really outside of pedigree? But when you factor in, you know, where they are in their careers, like Isaiah Crowell and, and Lashawn McCoy, it's kind of the same situation, right? Uh... The di- well, the difference is. 
McCoy has been a top ten running back. Obviously, his career. pedigree's totally totally right. factored into this. But you know, you, you got one guy at thirty, and another guy in his mid twenties. Gross twenty five. Right. I was shocked to see that the other day. I, the one thing I'll say, Adam, in last year he got three hundred and thirty six touches. It probably doesn't matter if he's less efficient or if the Bills are terrible or if their quarterback's awful. If he gets three hundred and thirty six right. touches, he's going to be a top twelve running back. Right. Uh, right. But can he get? But that that's my concern. He can get hurt. At his age, that's when these things start to happen. You know, it's just, it's just the, the nature of it. So looking at your rankings of LaShawn McCoy, he's around, like, say the average is about 19th at running back. Is that factoring in the suspension that, that might happen? Is that factoring in the possibility of a suspension? Yes, uh, for me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it was initially, but I, I think I can understand if you don't want to take McKinnon, or McCaffrey or Henry. But I, I think you look at it as apples to apples. Forget about what they've done in their career, what their situations are right now. Joe Mixon or, or McCoy. Alex Collins or McCoy. Kenyon Drake or McCoy. Like it feels like McCoy loses all those. Yeah, but the weird thing is that kind of what he said before this report of the violence felt like we were saying McCoy and now, even if he's not suspended, we're still going with the other guys. It's almost I, like this suspension I, has made us ev- evaluate even more of what we don't like about LeSean McCoy. That's what I was saying about but, his ADP. Right. It's I, just, it's like the, the whole perception changed. Yeah. For, for me though, I mean, I, you know, and I, I can show you because I, I wrote it in our first magazine, which was published in, in May. The concerns were always there for me. Oh yeah, yeah. But were, but were the rankings that way? Did you, didn't you have him ahead of Kenya? I kept moving him down and down and down. It's, you know, it's just like, if if I keep saying I don't like him because of X, Y, and Z, right? why am I taking him here? So it was, okay, I don't like him here. Then I start to compare him to Henry. Okay, I like Henry better. I like McCaffrey better. I like McKinnon better. You know, on and on and on. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that just makes me concerned. I'll say the difference between him and Collins or Drake or Henry is there's not – like I think there's going to be a second running back in all the other situations that get a bigger chunk of the touches than a second running back in Buffalo will if McCoy stays healthy. If he stays Agreed. healthy, Agreed. He, he's got more upside than all those guys. Totally. But it's just it, – it feels like this – everything about it just feels bad. And yeah. that's not even the off-the-field stuff. All right. That's Sean McCoy. We'll obviously talk more about him as the news unfolds. There's his microscope. Yeah, we, uh, okay. We put him under the microscope. Good stuff. Here's your tweet of the day. It is quarterback related. It is from Alec Smith. Close to Alec Smith, but not quite. Why has nobody talked about Matthew Stafford's great schedule? He's a great quarterback to pair with Jameis Winston. Why has nobody talked about Matthew Stafford's great schedule? I am pretty sure that I did talk about that when the news broke about Jameis Winston and actually said he was one of my favorite quarterbacks to pair with Winston. He starts with the Jets, the Niners, and the Patriots in his first three games. Those three teams were in the bottom six, six, uh, you know, among the six worst teams against quarterbacks last year. Could be different this year, but, you know, I'm not sure how much better they'll be. But he does have a pretty nice schedule, guys. Um, Matthew Stafford, should we be talking more about that with him? I think it's a good thing to bring up. My concern with Stafford is, are they go, they've talked a lot and behaved like they want to start running the ball more this year. Are they going to? He he did see his volume go down last year. It was his lowest pass attempt total since he got hurt in 2010. He so I, that that's my only concern. 
I think you kind of know what you're getting with Stafford. To me, he feels like one of the safe, low-end number one guys. And so, uh, read the schedule again. Jets in week one. Niners on the road in week two. Patriots in week three. And we can stop there because this, is, this was about pairing him with Jameis and just evaluate those three. But then after that, at Dallas and Good. home against Green Bay. And they were one, I mean, they were the second worst against quarterbacks last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, both those teams, you know, especially the Packers address their secondary, but I, I think of those five games, you'll probably get three good ones from Stafford and two okay ones. Like he, he should typically live in that 18 to 22 range. Right. You know, he'll have a, a 16 point game every now and then a 24 point game every now and then. You know, you, you look at, I'm sure all of our rankings and probably all the industry rankings, we would, I would imagine Golden Tate and Marvin Jones are all in the same range. So we're expecting relatively good things from them. Um, you know, I, I think all three of us are moderately excited about Kenny Galladay, if not, you know, maybe more so one more than the other to, you know, play better this year. So he's going to get those, those guys. But I, I think to his point, this is why I keep taking carry on Johnson. I really like this offensive line. I do think they're going to be more committed to the run. And so, you know, Stafford could have more 18 point games than 22 point games. And he doesn't necessarily have that high ceiling. Let's say like, like Roethlisberger, you know, somebody that's in the same range as him or Mahomes or, uh, you know, Garoppolo, you know, depending on how you, you, you want to draft those guys. All right. By the way, we did a, uh, a mock startup dynasty draft yesterday. And, uh, I encourage you to take a look at that. Jamie, you took carry on Johnson in that draft too, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. That was round five. Round five. That's pretty good for a, for a rookie. That's outstanding work. Um, all right. It's time for some buy or sell. Then we'll get back into quarterbacks a little bit. We'll get to Jarek McKinnon under the microscope and some news and notes from around the NFL. We got your voicemails at 954-689-3199. A cool voicemail about drafting two of the elite tight ends with two of your first three picks. 954-689-3199 and your emails as well. Buy or sell. And you can follow us on Twitter, by the way. I am at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. At Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y. At Heath Cummings Sr. At Heath Cummings SR. And at Dave Richard. Brandon says, buy or sell, Michael Crabtree will be a top 25 wide receiver. Bye. Bye. Okay. Like, no, I mean, the show's over. Sorry. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Jamie said bye. That's how you know the show's over. Um, Crabtree, he is going to the Ravens. What was, what was the stat I gave? The Raiders have thrown 25 more touchdown passes than the Ravens over the last three years. So he's not going to a touchdown-heavy offense, typically. You know a big part of the reason for that? Don't say Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree. Yeah, it could be, I guess. All right, so you're buying him as a top 25 wide receiver. Next up, John says, buy or sell, Jordan Howard is the most underrated back in fantasy this year. Sell, so, but that doesn't mean he's bad. Yeah, I don't, like, I think he's being drafted about where he should be. Maybe, maybe just a little bit late in some drafts and maybe a little late in PPR because they've been kind of talking up how much he's improved as a pass catcher in the offseason. But he might be slightly underrated, not the most underrated. Right. Who's the most underrated running back? Carry on Johnson? <laughs> Rex Burkhead? Um, could be Chris Carson. Could be Chris Carson, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think amongst like the top 25, the most underrated for most of the offseason has been Lamar Miller. Maybe. All right, from Steve. Given 16 healthy games, buy or sell, Stefan Diggs will outscore Adam Thielen in PPR. 
I love Stephon Diggs, but I don't think he'll have more catches than than Thielen. I like him. I like Diggs better in non PPR. I'm gonna sell it, but I'm I'm not saying that because I don't think it's possible. I just that's not the what I expect. Uh, if fantasy owners are right when they draft both Vikings wide receivers in the third round of a 12-team league, then the owner that gets Kirk Cousins is going to have the steal of the draft. I mean, two wide receivers in the first three round in, in round three. That's a that's a pretty that's a big boost to Kirk Cousins. I'm concerned that they're going to live up to that. Maybe one. You're concerned about Cousins, right? That's been your argument all along that he doesn't support. Yeah, I'm con- well, I'm concerned about Diggs and Thielen living up to third round value. Yeah, well, how would they have finished last year? In, in that range. Right. So, and they have a better quarterback. And they have a better quarterback. They do have a better quarterback. They don't. They do have Dalvin Cook healthy. Running game, I think, will be better. Uh, but do you really think Cook's more of a factor in the passing game than what McKinnon was last year? Not necessarily, but I think he's he's just more more carries. I don't know that he's not going to like out carry McKinnon and uh, Latavius, but maybe more rushing touchdowns. Um, my, yeah, look, I've said it before. There, he's never produced a top twenty wide receiver, Kirk Cousins. He's spread the ball around a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's my concern. It's it, it's certainly valid, you know. And I mean, look, realistically, them repeating their production from a year ago, it's hard to, you know, say that's sustainable. Right. It's also hard to say that uh, Kyle Rudolph won't become more of a factor, especially in the red zone, like he was two years ago. Um, Dalvin Cook, like you said, could be a big part of it, but. I just think you look at the talent for both those guys. It, it's hard to avoid being excited about them. Not necessarily as, you know, the upper echelon receivers, but in this, I, I would hope they're closer to round four than round three. I know what their ADP is right now, but, um, you know, the, the later you can get them, clearly the better off you are. Does Kirk Cousins fit one of these two receivers better than Case Keenum did? Does the addition of Kirk Cousins benefit either Diggs or Thielen? It benefits both of them. They made so many catches on balls that were not accurate from Case Keenum last year. Cousins is a more accurate quarterback. All right. From Steve, buy or sell. Melvin Gordon's efficiency goes up, and he has a blow-up season leading the league in rushing. Melvin Gordon. I mean, I'll I'll buy it, but it's hard to say he's going to be better than a lot of guys in front of him. That's the problem. Is this going to be the year Melvin Gordon gets more than four yards per carry? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you would think so, but it's, I don't know, I'd like to know the reasoning behind why, because it's three better years in a row, line. better, let's see how many of them are healthy by the time week one gets yeah. here. Okay, alright, one Sorry. more. I shouldn't have laughed at that Chargers fans, I apologize. From Fantasy Confucius says, buy or sell, Kenny Galladay will finish as the second best Lions wide receiver this year. Kenny Galladay, second best Lions wide receiver. I don't like predicting injuries, so I'll say no. Yeah, sell. So. so is Dave still uh, the Galladay guy? I think Heath has become the Galladay guy. Oh, really? I may be the Galladay guy. I didn't know that I was becoming the Galladay guy, but uh, I think I, you haven't ranked the highest. I, I haven't ranked the highest. So, and that is somewhere in the f- late forties. Help us out, everybody. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Please tell your friends. Help help us grow the show. That would be great. We also would love for you to vote for us on podcastawards.com. 
Um, but yeah, if you could leave us a, a, a great rating and a comment, that would be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And do whatever you can to uh, help fantasy football today. Keep on thriving. It's been amazing to have so many of you for, I think we're in our 10th year. We're calling this unofficially our 10th anniversary season. Uh, some of you have been here since the very beginning. That's awesome. And some of you are new listeners, so welcome aboard. Injuries, news, and notes. We talked about Jason Verrett for the Chargers. Is there anything you'd like to add? As he uh, looks like he has torn his Achilles. Anything no, else? it just sucks. I mean, you know, this team is, uh, I think, being given some Super Bowl consideration. Um, th- there's there's a lot to like about the Chargers. But this is now two injuries to starters before the first preseason game with Hunter Henry. So it sucks. Uh, more notes. The Indianapolis Star thinks that sixth-round pick Deion Kane, wide receiver, could push for some serious snaps. And Green Bay rookie wide receiver Jamon Moore has worked with the first team. Do you get excited now about Deion Kane for the Colts or Jamon Moore for the Packers? There's opportunity here for both of these guys. Yeah, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, both guys are benefiting with their roles currently because of injuries. I believe Chester Rogers is battling something, and Geronimo Allison is as well uh, for their respective teams. But like he said, there's opportunity because there's most teams are playing three wide receivers, so. You know, you could see, uh, if, if Rodgers for the Colts and if Allison for the Packers are healthy, um, they can still get on the field quite a bit. Meanwhile, Randall Cobb is 100% healthy as training camp starts and he is going 88th overall in CBS Sports Leagues. Is that Feeling. a good ADP? Yeah, you, you were on this from the beginning, Adam. It, he's, he's in line for a, a big year. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers has typically, when he's been right, had two top 24 receivers and Cobb could, Certainly fill that role. Now he's never had a tight end, the, the pedigree caliber of, of Jimmy Graham, but um you know if Cobb can can find his way to six plus touchdowns, he could get nine hundred yards and, and I'll say seventy catches. So would you rather have Cobb or Chris Hogan? They're going very similarly. I still I still like Hogan's upside. Me too. But Cobb's not far behind. Okay. It's it's Cobb, Hogan, Cooper Cup. All going in the same range. I feel like, Jamie, you like all those guys. I do. Um, Cobb would be second. Hogan would be first. Uh, I drafted Cobb in that Dynasty League last year. I was surprised. How old do you think Randall Cobb is? 28. 27. Damn it, Heath. Got me again. He feels older. He does feel older, yeah. Well, I think he actually feels older, too. <laughs> his body, his body, certainly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, he what, he did have a an injury earlier Several. this offseason, so... Should not be completely discounted, but right now Randall Cobb is healthy and he's probably going to be a draft riser. The Falcons gave Julio Jones an additional $2.9 million for this season. The Titans signed Taylor Lewan, their left tackle, to a five-year $80 million deal. They signed Delaney Walker to a two-year $17 million extension. The Falcons signed Jake Matthews, their left tackle, to a five-year $75 million extension, just short of what Taylor Lewan got. And Sammy Watkins cut his dreadlocks. I like it. I think it looks good. It's like a chief. I'm sure he's pleased about that, that you are happy Let with him know. Haircut. Let him know. Are you going to see him? Where are you going on your vacation? Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, they, they don't. So I don't, I don't think I'll see him. Anywhere there. What's if in I Char- do see him, we've got problems. What's in Charleston? Uh, very nice, uh, craft beer scene. Uh, beautiful, beautiful downtown on the water. We're going to do some kayaking. It's going to be a good time. Now, would That's you ever, would you ever go on vacation if there weren't breweries? Yes. Okay. That's not, that's not the whole, like that, the reason we're going there is that we're, this is our 10th anniversary. And that's where we went when we got married. Oh. We got married in South Carolina. 
Happy uh, anniversary. Happy Thank anniversary, you. man. It's not awesome. for a couple months, but I can't go during football season, so this is this is now. Hey, all right, have fun. Hey, listeners, tweet Heath with uh with Charleston, South Carolina suggestions at Heath Cummings Senior. Sorry, Heath. I, <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I actually asked on Twitter for suggestions oh, and got a bunch of them already this week. I'm I'm open to more. I I've got a couple of minutes left on the schedule. I have a uh, I have a suggestion for everybody as well. Try playing a best ball league. You know, fantasy football is kind of growing, right? People are doing two quarterback leagues, dynasty leagues. How about a best ball league? Here's how it works: season long league with no management. You draft, you set it, you forget it. Once you're done drafting, there's no trades. There's no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you will get the best score every week guaranteed. So that means you don't have to worry about injuries or last-minute benchings. And you can do all of this on the Draft app. The Draft app is uh, is really starting to dominate the uh, daily fantasy space. If you want to play in a best ball draft for free, you can do that. Just sign up on Draft and use the promo code FFT. Play a real money game for free when you use our promo code FFT on your first deposit on the Draft app. Now, I use the Draft app all the time. Right now, I'm in the middle of baseball season, and I am playing on Draft. It's snake drafts. That's you know the difference between Draft and some of the other DFS places. You're not doing salary caps. You're doing snake drafts. But this is specifically for best ball. For football season, they have they, uh, you can do snake drafts on, uh, in daily format on the Draft app during football season. But we want you to sign up on Draft and use the code FFT. For a free entry into a real money league, FFT is the code. Are you going to be uh, posting some drafts for uh, best ball football league soon? Yeah, sure, I can. Good, good. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I think I played in like 42 of these last year, so uh, ramping it up. How many did you win? Six, hey, right. which is good. As long as you win more than 10% of the of the ones you play in, you're in good shape. Nice. All right, uh, finishing up quarterback week. This doesn't need to be expanded on too much, Jamie, but if you want to just chime in, uh, we talked about Carson Wentz for about 10 minutes yesterday, but you agree with Heath. Carson Wentz as the fifth quarterback off the board. It's just too early. Too early, especially with the Alshon Jeffrey news. Um, hopefully Jeffrey's ready for week one, but you know they're still talking about that. Wentz has to prove he's ready for week one. So he's looked good in the early stages of camp, first couple days, throwing the ball well. Um, but if he doesn't have Jeffrey, if he's still not – the guy that we saw a year ago, taking him as the fifth quarterback on the board. Now, I still have him ranked as a number one guy. Um, I moved him. I think we had the conversation the other day. I moved him behind Luck, so I would take Luck over Wentz. Um, it's just a matter of uh, at what at what point do I s- stop dropping him? So right now he's eighth. Um, I could see him falling behind. Like right, now, I have him ahead of Roethlisberger. I could see him moving behind Roethlisberger too. I uh and you really disliked my auction value that I gave for Carson Wentz yesterday, and so I looked and it wasn't able to squeeze it in at the end of the show. Oh. But like Dave still has him as a top five quarterback and has him for six dollars. Yeah, what did I Jamie, say? I said four dollars, right? Jamie has him for three. Okay. So my my number's really not that crazy. What do you it have? It was man? one buck. A, a buck. I, but that's that's the way most of my low end number one, high end number two quarterbacks are a dollar because that's I was talking about the Andrew Luck situation a few years ago. That's what happens in auctions. I mean, that's kind of true. It's just when you give somebody the $1 stigma, it's almost like they're a draft afterthought. They're like a late-round pick. I don't think Carson Wentz is that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, Jamie thinks that Philip Rivers is undervalued. And if Jamie thinks that, then you know Heath agrees because Heath has uh, Philip Rivers' 10th. By the way, I'm watching a video of Jamie Eisenberg right now. Uh, you look you look good, buddy. Thank you. You're talking about Kirk Cousins. Let's talk about Philip Rivers. Jamie and Dave have him 16th, and Heath has him 10th. 
So you did an ADP review, Jamie, and that article's up right now on CBSSports.com looking at quarterbacks, and, and Rivers was a guy that you that stood out to you as undervalued. And it, I wish, like, my top ten was 16 guys. Right. There's just so many good quarterbacks, you know, and, and I, I totally get the I don't want to take the chance on Luck and Wentz coming back from injury, Mahomes and if he's going to be good, Garoppolo if those five games were fluky. You know, there are a lot of people that just I'm tired of that. And they'd rather wait for Philip Rivers. And I, I, I glanced at Dave's, uh, quarterback bye week story. And it's interesting. If you, if you look at it, he has Philip Rivers as almost a great bye week replacement for every quarterback that's on a bye during the season. <laughs> well, why not just take him as your starter? <laughs> like, like that's just the, the way, way to go. So, I mean, we've had this conversation before. I think Rivers is a great number one quarterback. I think he's amazing to wait for on draft day. I, I don't think he will finish 16th. I just like the ceilings better for some of these other guys. We still have to see what they're going to do to replace Henry, you know, if they do sign Gates or, you know, just kind of play it out with what they have. But there are some things that are working against them. I do think Melvin Gordon will be better. We have to get better production from Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams because both were not great last year. It just can't be Keenan Allen and then see what Phillip Rivers does. But, you know, he's he's still consistent year in, year out. You know you're getting 4,500 passing yards, 30 touchdowns. And if he limits the interceptions like he does more times than not, he's going to be a top 12 guy, you know, so he's, he's just easy guy to wait for. And, and in that startup dynasty draft, Adam, I, I, I had a, I didn't really know how I was going to approach quarterback in round 11. There's Tom Brady. I didn't have a quarterback yet. I figured why not? Then in round, I think maybe 14, I took Baker Mayfield. So now I have my veteran guy for now, my young guy for the future. Let me take a third quarterback. There was Phillip Rivers. I think it was around 16 or 17. So. I have a 41-year-old quarterback, a 37-year-old quarterback, and then, you know, the number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, Rivers has been a top-12 quarterback five straight seasons. And in three years with Ken Wisenhunt as his offensive coordinator, he's been a top-seven quarterback. Wisenhunt's done great things for the Chargers offense. And Heath, you've got him 10th. Now, that's pretty high for, for Rivers. I mean, not based on where he finishes, but based on rankings, I assume that you're one of the highest guys on Rivers. Yeah, I would assume that I am. And I pretty much agree with everything Jamie said. I just... There are guys with more upside than Phillip Rivers. His floor is a lot, lot higher than theirs is. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan. Let's talk about this. Dave and Jamie have Matt Ryan 14th, and Heath has him 23rd, which I feel I like is a little bit lower than the last time we talked about Matt Ryan, Heath, because I think you had him 21st, and I was like, what's up with that? Now made me mad, so I moved him down a little 23rd. more. 23rd. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you kick it off. Uh, Matt Ryan, 14th, nine spots higher than where Heath has him. I just like the the two things that for me that 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 I keep focusing on. One, they gave him a what I hope is a better weapon. It's unproven, but Calvin Ridley, I think, you know, with a first round grade, a lot of people considered him the best rookie coming out. You know, so I I just think that's an upgrade over what Taylor Gabriel was a year ago, and hopefully what Taylor Gabriel was two seasons ago when he was playing as a good third option. Um, and the other thing for me is Ryan's got a pretty good track record of his second season with an offensive coordinator. And so I think, you know, taking hold of Steve Sarkeesian's system, um, Ryan did not play well last year from a lot of different metrics. But I don't think Julio Jones only scores three touchdowns. I think that their receiving core improves just by nature of Ryan finding the end zone better. So, you know, it, it's uh, it, if I liked him even more, he'd, he'd be there. And maybe I should put Phillip Rivers ahead of him. But, you know, the fact that he has weapons – where Rivers is losing weapons, I like Ryan's situation a little bit better. And Heath? 
I I didn't go back and check this, but I'm I think it almost has to be true. In the last five years, there's one year that Matt Ryan's been better than Philip Rivers. Um, so 2016, 20 the 2016 season, which was a, a remarkable season, and we knew at the time. Nope, two years, two years, two years, two. 2014, okay. Ryan was eighth, and Rivers was tenth. Ryan had 4,700 yards that year. That was a really good year for him. And that's kind of my big concern is he had that four-year stretch from 2012 through 2015 where he had at least 614 pass attempts all four years. And if I thought there was any chance that was happening, he would fly up my rankings. The last two years, it's been 534, 529 attempts. And he does not throw touchdowns at a high enough rate except for that one magical 2016 season to where he... I, I think he's going to increase his touchdowns by 25% this year. That only means he throws 25 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would take the over. Um, one thing, uh, so Pete Prisco is starting his camp tour, and it started with the Falcons. You could see some of what he did on CBS Sports HQ. He spoke to Matt Ryan. He spoke to Steve Sarkeesian. And Sarkeesian talked to him about he didn't get to call a play for Julio Jones until week one because Jones was hurt during training camp. That's big. That is big. I like Calvin Ridley a lot. And Danny Cannell joined us, joined me and Dave, a few weeks ago, and he loves Calvin Ridley. And he, thinks, he loves Matt Ryan too. He 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 thinks Matt Ryan's gonna win. I, what did he say? That Matt Ryan's gonna win, win the MVP? MVP. He was yeah. saying after they drafted Ridley because I did the draft show with him. He said Matt Ryan will win the MVP. Again. <laughs> now he's not winning the MVP, and, and obviously I understand he's counter to that. But he's not winning MVP with twenty five touchdowns. He's going to have to be at least thirty. So. You know, take that for what it was worth. I, I think that the nice thing about Ryan and Rivers, it's great co- a combo. You could go into your draft with those two guys and be pretty happy with it. Yeah. All right. Let's put a second or a third round pick under the microscope. First of all, does Jarek McKinnon deserve to be a second or a third round pick in a twelve team league? Yes. <laughs> he deserves to be a a third round pick. You know that was a question, right, Jamie? Like second or third, you had a pick. Uh, I would take him to third. I would take okay. him to second round. Third. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously again, I, I I've said it a lot. I I'm very excited about him. Yeah, you are, and we're starting to see him go sometimes like late second round. So we did that industry draft, and Scott Pinowski, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, um, from Yahoo Sports, took him at 21 overall. And you know, um, as much as I like him, I wouldn't do it there. But I applaud Scott for finding a player that you like and being aggressive and taking. Now Scott on Twitter. After I posted the results, he said he didn't feel happy taking him in the second round. But, you know, as uh, I'll say all the time, if there's a guy you like and you think you're going to miss out on him, take him when he's available to. That's kind of what I was saying about having an early pick, just a quick aside. You might be very happy with you got Zeke or Bell or Gurley or Johnson or whatever. Ugh, man, not to take McKinnon in the second round. You just might feel like you're reaching a little bit. Uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't take him there. That's the point. Well, but who would you take there? Like, who would you take at the end of round two ahead of Jarek McKinnon and feel really excited about? Hilton, Baldwin, yeah. uh, Baldwin? Kelsey. Yeah. Baldwin, you, cause he was under the microscope yesterday. Baldwin, you feel very excited about or you feel like he's kind of Philip Riversy? I feel like Baldwin without 20 touchdowns of the Seahawks offense there is going to benefit tremendously. Okay. So his, Second best year ever. Like he had that fourteen touchdown uh, year. But and and when did that happen? Without Who Jimmy Graham. Without Jimmy Graham. Back to McKinnon. Sorry. What's not to like about McKinnon? We know he's got the opportunity. What are the negatives? 
We've never seen him get more than 159 carries in a season. We haven't seen him over the last two years be very efficient on a per carry basis, not as efficient as the other running backs in the offense. And that could be a situation where he and Matt Breeder are kind of like Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman on an offense that isn't as good as the Falcons. Okay, I'm going to give you some things and, and tell me what they mean to you. As he said, Jared McKinnon averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Dalvin Cook averaged 4.8 yards per carry on that same offense. Does that mean anything to you? Dalvin Cook's better than Jared McKinnon? So it's a big difference, though. All right, okay, that's fine. Doesn't have to mean anything. Uh, Carlos Hyde caught 50, what was 59 passes last year, and he only caught 10 in five games with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jamie Biggs up a great point. Kyle Juszczyk had 17 catches for 205 yards in those games, but he is still there. Does that mean anything to you in terms of what we can expect from McKinnon as a pass catcher? I mean, obviously it's something to take into consideration, but I'd be very surprised if McKinnon is not a big part of the passing game. I, I think he will completely. I, I wonder, like my only concern with George Kittle was Garrett Selleck's involvement in those last five games. And if he, if you, George Kittle was getting a larger percentage of those tight end targets, I'd be a lot, and I hope he does. I think he should. I'd be a lot more excited. I, I might be a little worried that this offense is very efficient because they spread the ball around so much, but that means that McKinnon gets a smaller percentage of the targets at running back than we expect. They are replacing 240 carries from Carlos Hyde and 59 catches, so that's a good thing. But last thing I want to get your opinion on, offensive line. They drafted Mike McGlinchey in uh, the first round. They signed Weston Richburg at center. Do they have a good offensive line? What do, what do you think about their line? It's good. It's not great. Yeah, I think there's a wide range of outcomes on that one. I'm not sure we totally know yet, and we may not until a couple weeks into the year. Devontae Freeman or Jarek McKinnon? Uh, I'm in the minority, but I'm going to take McKinnon. Uh, and it, a lot of it has to do with the guy who made Devontae Freeman great, and that's Kyle Shanahan. I'll take Freeman. I, I think they could be similar, but I've seen Freeman do it for a couple of years now, so I'll take him. And, and I understand that. And it's the same thing like you, you said, Heath, about McCoy. You know what he's capable of doing, so you know, take the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Um, but Shanahan's track record, I mean, you know, you go back to Steve Slayton, Devontae Freeman, twice, Carlos Hyde. I mean, he gets great production out of his running backs. And I think it's part of the reason why, whether you're in the McKinnon camp or not, take Matt Breida with a mid-round pick, late-round pick, whenever he's available to you. Uh, Chris in our dynasty draft took Joe Williams. You know, he's going to have a, an, an opportunity. Um, there's that kid that they got off of uh, waivers last year from Tampa Bay. Uh, his name is escaping me. He was a rookie that they drafted. I think he's fourth on the death chart. Um, somebody's going to have a chance for big numbers here. Now, now again, I think you look at what Freeman was in Atlanta, what Carlos Hyde was last year. I think those guys are probably better players than Jarek McKinnon. But I just like the situation for McKinnon. Like there's there's nobody as as what potentially Matt Breida could be, or if you like Joe Williams. And you know, one of the stupidest things that I was certainly guilty of last year was. Where Joe Williams was ended up draft being drafted by comparison to Deion Lewis, um, you know, one of those things I want to punch myself in the face for. <laughs> but there's going to be somebody on this backfield that produces good, if not great, numbers, and I think McKinnon doesn't have a lot of competition for what his role could be. Carlos Hyde averaged 3.9 yards per carry last year and caught 59 passes, as I've said like six times. Did not have one receiving touchdown. And it's very conceivable that McKinnon could have more than 59 catches. He had 51 last year for Minnesota. Carlos Hyde finished, 
I think eighth in non PPR and ninth in PPR. So that should mean something for you as well. Anything else you want to say about uh, Jarek McKinnon? No. All right. Microscope has been lifted. Jamie, the Dynasty mock draft, you wrote up the review of it. It was, it's a, a startup Dynasty mock draft. Right. So, uh, just to give you an example, uh, Keith started one in our office last year, a startup Dynasty draft. It's starting a Dynasty league clearly from the ground up. And so, the, the thing I think you have to approach a startup Dynasty draft is, and Heath, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, there's kind of two schools of approaches. Draft maybe with more of an eye toward winning now and seeing what unfolds in year two or year three. Or trying to win now, but also keeping an eye on year two or year three. Or, you know, year five or six. You know, right. whatever the case may be. So, I thought the one team, and I wish he was here to sort of talk about it, but Dave seemed to have a little bit more of an eye toward win now. Because, like, he took, I think it was round five, Demarius Thomas, who's 30 and, you know, kind of the writings on the wall that they may replace him next year. He took Larry Fitzgerald in round six. And I went and I looked at Heath's dynasty receiver rankings. I think you have him in the 40s. Right. Where his age is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, there were receivers that you would probably lean a little bit more toward drafting in those ranges than Thomas and and Fitzgerald, where Dave took them as you know starters for his team, um, but it's it's sort of the the where you manage the the picks determines I think like what you're looking at. Like I took Corey Davis in round four, and remember we we kind of jumped on Jake Seeley for doing that in the industry draft. Yeah. But here it makes a lot more sense because if Davis hits, he's a potential star for five years. Well, and I think Dave had that same approach in the league that we started last year. We, he did. Uh, he took some some really old guys a he lot took, earlier. He but took Brady. He took uh, Jordy Nelson. He um, also had a great year in that league and was the two seed going into the playoffs. So it worked, and except for the fact that he lost in the playoffs. Right. But again, what's his outlook moving not, forward? Not, not great. You know, it, it the, the way that like I approach startup dynasty is I'm going to lean young when there's a there's a decision. Like for example, at the fifth pick, it was between Alvin Kamara and David Johnson. There's a three-year gap between those two players. Johnson's 26, Camaro's 23. If you were to say next year, those two guys, with Ingram being a free agent, who's the starting running back on their respective teams? I would say both of them. And if Camaro comes through this year playing like he could potentially do, he's going to be drafted ahead of David Johnson. So where the production could be somewhat close this year, especially in half PPR scoring, I took Camaro. I'm a little surprised you didn't take Kareem Hunt. I like Camaro better than Hunt. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. I guess I'm not surprised. Yeah, but it's like, just to give you some examples of things that happened. Deshaun Watson was the first quarterback drafted. He's 22. Aaron Rodgers is 34. Yeah. So. And, and know, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't either, but I'm just telling you things that, things that happened. Yeah. Um, Travis Kelsey was drafted ahead of Gronk. There's a one year age difference between those two, but you know what the injury situations Wait, have there's been. There's a what? Huh? How many years different? One. Between Kelsey and Gronk? Kelsey's 28, Gronk is 29. I was surprised when I saw that too. What? Their bodies are older than that. <laughs> Gronk's body for sure is older than that. Yeah. But, wow. But yes, there's only one year. So, you know, um, and I was looking at uh, several different dynasty rankings yesterday. Uh, some people like Ertz better than Gronk too. You know, if you're looking at the three tight ends. Um, that's another player Dave took was Gronk. You know, he, Kelsey was already off the board, but Dave took Gronk in round three. Um I'm trying to think of some other uh, some other examples. Well, um, also well, I, I should clarify that dynasty leagues are different than keeper leagues. You're keeping most of your roster, 
So, you know, keep that in mind. The guys you and, ha- and just, just, the guys well, you're drafting, you're keeping. To, to, to give you an example of that, so Heath started a dyna- startup dynasty league last year for our office, and we do it with IDP players. Uh, you could, you could stash two players on a taxi squad. So if you want to promote those players to be your active roster and we do a six round draft, you have to essentially cut eight players. So of, was it 30, 30 man roster or 28 man roster? It can be up to 32 with the, with the IR and the taxi squad. Taxi squad. There's 28 active spots. Right. So you have to make some decisions and, you know, you, again, you could cut up to eight guys if you want to. Tell me if you agree with this. So what I've noticed in my dynasty league, I have an okay team. I, I I think I made the playoffs two years in a row. It's a standard scoring league, and I have good running backs, so that helps. Um, quarterback is the is the position I value the least. I feel like that's the one I can find in free agency because dynasty. It's tough to find guys on waivers sometimes. You know, my league is like a twenty five man roster, so almost everybody's owned. But occasionally, a quarterback will slip through the cracks, or you might be able to buy low on a quarterback because you know they're not being used. Uh, on the bench of some other team, or you can draft them in rookie drafts. Like I took Mitch Trubisky last year, and now I'm rolling with him this year. But I just feel like um, I definitely want to make sure I've got quarterback, I've got wide receiver and running back locked up, and feel secure about that. And quarterback in dynasty league, just like a seasonal league, less of a priority. Six points for passing touchdowns. Yeah, uh, honestly, I can't remember. I think I think four. Four. Yeah, four, I, I would definitely six. I, I'm not sure. The one thing I'll say is tight end is the position where I think you can get hurt pretty quick because every year we generally have a couple of running backs and a couple of wide receivers that you want to take at the start of that rookie draft and you feel confident about them producing for you right away. Yeah. With tight ends, a lot of times it takes a couple of years. So yeah. I think you have to be a little bit more careful of what, what you do at tight end. I think, but you know, that's a great point. Um, with quarterbacks, though, kind of what you mentioned, when you do the rookie drafts, the rookie drafts are really important in the dynasty league. That's how you uh, replenish the farm system, right? Quarterbacks go kind of late compared to where they go in an NFL draft. The number one overall pick, he might be a late first round pick in a rookie draft or a second round pick because it's just loaded with wide receivers and running backs. And they went late here. I mean, like I said, I got Baker Mayfield in in like round fourteen. Yeah. Um. You know, which I, I was expecting him to be gone by that point. Lamar Jackson was the first one drafted. I think he went like round twelve. So you still saw the the veteran guys, you know, go uh, get selected ahead of them. And, and I will say this um, because he may have slipped. I don't know if he was on your radar or not, Keith, but he was for me, and I drafted him. Was Hunter Henry? So as injuries unfold, depending uh, on when yeah. you do these drafts, and again, startup dynasty versus uh, already established dynasty leagues, don't forget about. You're not just drafting this year. He was the first tight end that I drafted was Hunter Henry. So I didn't go in with the idea of I'm drafting my starter first. I went in with the idea I'm drafting my long-term tight end first. And then I was able to get Delaney Walker. So I have a guy for this year, but I also have, to Heath's point, he's established. As long as he's healthy, he could be, I don't know where you have him ring. Top five next year? Well, I would think next year, yeah. I don't, I don't have him in the top five right now, but that's just because you're going to miss him for an entire year. Right. But factoring in his 2019 role and beyond, Right. Yeah, dynasty leagues are fun because pick 67 through 70, four wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, and three rookies: DJ Moore, Anthony Miller, Calvin Ridley. Like that's just that's just fun. It's a it's a personal decision that you have to make for your team. And Dave was yep. the one who took Fitzgerald. Jamie took DJ Moore. And so then- so uh, we should, for for fun purposes, talk this out on the air. So Heath made me a, a dynasty trade offer. 
for one of his favorite players, uh, Hayden Hurst. Do you think you offer me a second round pick next year, right? Yep. Second round pick. Okay. Next so year. I was looking at this and I, I have an offer for you. Oh no. Um, this is not me offering it to you. This is me thinking it through. So, uh, feel free to mull it over if I do extend it to you. So I was thinking of offering you Jameis Winston. I, I like Jameis Winston. Mark Ingram. I like Mark Ingram. And Hayden Hurst. I like him too. For Patrick Mahomes. Well, I can't trade track. That, that I figured was a stumbling block. <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes, Carrion Johnson, and Hunter Henry. That's, uh, that is interesting. The That's problem terrible. Is, oh my god, he's ripping you off. Are you kidding? He, well, he doesn't do have it. a tight end right now. I don't believe. I think Ricky Seals Jones is your best guy, right? If I looked at it. Yes, Ricky Seals Jones is my best tight end currently. And how is that ripping him off? All right, so you'd be giving up Jameis and getting Mahomes. Uh huh. Pretty even in a dynasty league. I actually have Mahomes ranked higher in dynasty. Be, I like Mahomes better. You'd be giving up Ingram okay. and getting Carryon Johnson. That I, he's not a Carryon Johnson guy. Okay, but you have to take Carryon Johnson ahead of Ingram in a dynasty league, right? Depends. Like if you think Ingram has two or three more years, Johnson could flame out Amir Abdullah style. I guess he could, but Ingram's he, he not going to be on the Saints. Next year, most likely, and you'd be giving up Hurst and getting Hunter Henry. I think, I think it's an, it's an Azer trade. It's not an Azer trade. Now, now I, I am preying on the fact that I know Heath loves those three guys. Right, right. It, it, it just happened to work out that several of Heath's players, one of which he's already made me an offer for, are on my team. Yeah, that, that is not an offer that it, I would accept, but it is an interesting offer. It's not like I'm offering him Julie Nettleman. Right, right. All right, Heath, uh, don't do it, buddy. So uh, I've uh, yeah I've, I've turned that down. Last thing the trade offer I made is still not still been, there, not been it's accepted or declined. No, and it's funny because to Heath's setting up the league, I put Hunter Henry right into my taxi squad because I have Hayden Hurst. You put Hayden Hurst in my taxi squad. Excuse me, I already thought it's I had easy him. to get those two confused. <laughs> I put Hayden Hurst right into my taxi squad because I have Jack Doyle, the great Jack. No, but I have Trey Burton. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. So strength at tight end. I was a little surprised that Le'Veon Bell went ahead of Saquon Barkley. The first four so picks sad. were Gurley, Zeke, Bar- Bell, Barkley. Check out I, the I, results. I honestly thought I was taking Odell Beckham. Fifth? Mm-hmm. Would you have taken Le'Veon or Odell if they were both there? I would have taken Odell. Okay. So Le'Veon would, would not have been a top five pick for you in no. Dynasty. I thought it was actually going to go the first three picks as they went. I'm sorry, first two picks as they went. Uh Barkley and Camaro. Let's hear from our listeners. Finish the show. Send you off into the weekend with some voicemails and maybe some emails. 954-689-3199. 954-689-3199. All right. No name on this one, but a good question. Here we go. You're smart, jack, dumb, and bad. This is Malcolm from California calling. And how's this for a draft strategy um, in line with your tight end talk? Taking two of the top three tight ends. So you go running back or wide receiver with your first pick. You get Gronk in the second and then Kelsey or Ertz in the third. I've mocked it out uh, a couple times now. There's pros and cons to it, but I'd like to hear you guys discuss uh, what you think. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, that was actually Malcolm in California. Sorry about that. And he said, dear smart, Jack, dumb, and bad. And I guess I would be dumbass out of those four. Uh Yeah, what do you think about taking – Two tight ends, rounds two and three, Gronk and Kelsey. For the record, they both would have been top 12 wide receivers. Gronk would have been number seven in non-PPR, Kelsey 12th. 
and they both would have been right around ninth or tenth in PPR last year if they you know if they had been wide receivers. They basically produced like AJ Green and Tyreek Hill. Uh, what do you think? I think this was the thing that caused Adam to call me an idiot on the podcast two years ago. <laughs> you can't start a tight end in the flex. You're an idiot. I, I, yeah, but that was like a mid round tight end, right? That was Travis Kelsey as my flex. Okay, was, that was before he was he was good. <laughs> right before he was good, he was good that season. Anyway, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean the best thing you're doing is taking away an elite tight end from another team. But that I hate. Why? That that theory I hate. Because what if Burton is elite? What if Hayden Hurst has a big season? What if? What if? What if? Then you didn't do that to anybody. No, you did. You took like, you took Travis Kelsey away from somebody. No, but you also took a flex position away from yourself that you may not be able to play. Don't think about what you're doing to someone else's team. Right. Just to, it's the same thing like drafting to trade. Never draft to trade. So you have to get the best players for your team. Do you like it or no? I I like it if I see the rest of the team. I don't love it, but I don't think it's bad. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's the same thing as just saying, I want to take two of the top 20 best players or two of the top 30 best players. There's, there's nothing wrong with that strategy. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Next voicemail. All right, guys. I need the, uh, regulators here. I've got a big problem. Got a, uh, long time lead, 10 years plus, same guys every year, a few, few changes, but the same core guys. One of the core guys, uh, tells me now, uh, despite us having the same draft day every year, Labor Day Sunday, at the same time and day, every year, he tells me now that he's going to be in Mexico until that day. So the question is, should he cut the vacation short with his wife and make it back in time for the draft, or maybe <laughs> we just pick him a bunch of kickers? Whatever you guys decide, we'll, we'll go with. What do you think, regulators? What should we do with this guy? He's going to Mexico with his wife. Selfish jerk. So 10 years, they've been doing the draft the same day, same time. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, you can't go. You can't go out of town. Come on. I. He, they don't like. It's all on a draft board. There's nothing online. I don't know. That it's that just, is this 1987. I mean, we we've had we've had situations like this before. For uh, I shouldn't say there have been people I know that have had situations like this before where they couldn't make it to a live draft and they spent and this was an auction. They had to spend the entire time on the phone. So like, yeah. you know, it'd be going once, going twice, you know, $3, you know, <laughs> like you just hear something through a speakerphone. Um, it's on him. I think you hold the draft as you normally would and he has to find a way to, you know, whether it's send in your picks, here's your list. Yeah. Yeah. Make a list. Cue it up. Yeah. It, 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 he has to find a way to get it done. He should not hold up the nine or 11 other owners that are in this league. And he should be able to find a representative to send for him. He could also do that. He could, you know, do a proxy. Adam yeah. is available. If you want to pay Adam to go I will to do it draft. for money. I will absolutely. Well, if it's in the tri-state area, I will do it for a, a, a huge fee. So, so if what is the tri-state you, area? If somebody gave you fifty grand to go draft for him, would you do it? I guess I'll ma- I'll do it for a discounted rate. Sure. Uh, would you tri- go to Mexico and take over for him? So you should be spending time with his wife, and then he'd have to go to the draft. Am I also getting fifty grand, or I just get yes. to go to? Uh, yeah, sure. I need it. I got a baby now. I need that money. Uh, Can the, you explain to him what the tri-state area is? New York, so New knows. Jersey, Connecticut. New York, okay. New Jersey, Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a dynasty question here. Uh, Not Pennsylvania? No. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Huh. Pencil, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Hey guys, this is, uh, Joe from a city west of, uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota. 
I got a dynasty question for you. I got a trade offer, and they want to know if I will trade Travis Kelsey and my first-round pick next year for Julio Jones. To have Travis Kelsey in the dynasty, I just feel like that value is, is so high, and it's not worth giving up both the first-rounder and Kelsey. So what do you think I should do? Thanks. You'd be giving up Kelsey and next year's round one pick for Julio Jones. No. I, I, for me, it would, you have to be really honest with yourself about your team right now. I would rather have Julio than Kelsey in Dynasty. So you're going to have to be really honest. Are you actually a contender? If you are and you're going to have a pick in the last five, four or five picks of the first round, then I'm fine with it. If you have a bad team though, no way. All right, one more email, I'm sorry, or voicemail. Sorry, Heath, got to do this to you. Hi, this is Tommy from Denver. As stated previously, I love you guys with one caveat. I heard Heath say that the Jaguars are a bust this season, so Heath, no love for you. (laughs) I did not say that. Oh, the defense. The Jaguars' defense, I did say, was a bust as a ninth-round pick, yes. Yeah, I, I'm the I'm the guy who hates the Jaguars. I shouldn't say hate. I'm the guy who doesn't think the Jaguars are making the playoffs this year. So I love saying something that gets Heath in trouble. That is a wonderful thing. That is a great way to end a Friday show and get into the weekend. Heath, have a great time, man. We're gonna miss you next week. I, I'm I'm really well. I can't say that. I'm not gonna miss you. Um, I'll I can't wait to get back. Well, no, no, I, I'm, can't, I'm not. Can't really say that either. I got no. You know Thank what? You. Thank I, you. I really. Was, I did one week of paternity leave. I could not wait to get back to the show. I really couldn't. So I think I you think will. This too. is going to be a little different than that. Why? I had a baby. I was like, it's the happiest thing. Yeah, the, for the first couple hours. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm glad you said that because it is like really tough, right? Like it's really tough. <laughs> I love saying something that gets Adam in trouble. That's it's true though. It's like it's it's tough. It, it I, I I've now done this three times. And I think it's very funny. Like, you could buy a cell phone, a television, a car. You get a manual mm-hmm. that explains everything about that. Mm-hmm. You have a baby. You're in a hospital with people that are qualified to, you know, deal with medical things. They hand you the child. It's your child, obviously. They hand it to you. Good luck. That They were great, though. The hospital. Oh, every, was really every nursing staff, doctor, you know, uh, we've been at the same hospital for, for all three of ours, but, uh, fantastic. Unbelievable. Answer every question. But, you know, you could read all these books you want to about being a parent, what to do. Mm-hmm. It just, the, the, there are things you just don't expect and you're like, what, wait, what? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get back to that now. So thank you guys. Great show. Have you got, have you gotten peed on yet? I got peed on day two. Day two. Day two. And, and he had his diaper on and everything. It just went through the diaper. Got it. It, The hospital was so cold. I brought one sweatshirt. One sweatshirt. That's all I needed. He peed on the sweatshirt. I was freezing the entire time. Was it, was it a hurricane sweatshirt? No, it was not. It was not a hurricane sweatshirt. Uh, thanks for listening to me talk about my son. I promise I won't do that too much on the show. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you Monday, everybody. Bye. It's all right.